This is WNXS News with your anchors, Kit Harding, Jake E, ISO on Esports, and Diz on Product Forecast. Welcome to WNXS News, your nexus for magic news. I'm Jank E. And I'm Kit Harding. Thank you for joining us. Our top story of this episode. Magic as a game has undergone many changes over its not yet 30-year lifespan. You're never letting that go, are you? No more than you'll ever let go of your devotion to the Mana Vortex. I don't have anywhere near enough color pips to fuel devotion. What would Vortex Mana even look like? It would probably devour your mind just to look upon it, so perhaps it's best that we don't know. So the Mana Vortex is Cthulhu now? Maybe that should be the next universe's beyond. Mana Vortex Cthulhu. What would that even look like? It would probably have madness, or possibly meld. Or possibly a madness-meld combination of some sort? Meldness? The maddest meld morphs mid the mind. It moves, moreover, much maligned. Anyway, two new batches of both unexpected and very well-received rules changes were revealed on October 18th, encompassing both Oracle text shifts and comprehensive rule changes. The first Oracle change was, ironically, the least predictable of the batch. A lot of clone spells over the years have included a text line that specifies the clone won't be legendary if the card being cloned is. Out of what seems to be a desire to remove redundancy from the rules text, the stipulation of if that card is legendary will no longer be there. While we like redundancy in deck building, we enjoy it somewhat less so in the rules of the game. We do, however, enjoy consistency, and that's where our next two oracle changes come in. Both Landfall and Surveil have been massively popular with the player base, but one obstacle to deck building regarding those mechanics is the lack of keyword usage on some older cards. It does make Scryfall slightly less usable in that context. One has to search the entire phrase of one's choice, and then some keyword interaction is still missing. You would be correct if we were recording this on October 17th. However, thanks to the magic of radio and the changes about which we're speaking, that's no longer the case. Going forward, Landfall will be an evergreen keyword for any cards made with that ability, and most existing cards that accomplish the same task will have that change made to them. As for Surveil, while future cards with the ability will use the keyword, there is a slightly briefer list of cards that will have Surveil attached to them. So you might say the cards are being surveilled by the player base. I'll surveil you right into Demir headquarters. That doesn't even make sense. And thus it is the origin of my power. Right. We'll link the article in the show notes as there are a few too many cards to fairly name here, but some prominent examples are Consider, Grim Flare, and Eat to Extinction. Interestingly enough, we even got updates to some uncards. These are largely to clarify some unintendedly ambiguous wording, and a lot of the cards from Infinity have received some Oracle updates. The most prominent example is Ambassador Blorpity Blorp Bloop, but there are several others that we will also link in the show notes. The comprehensive rules changes are much more, well, comprehensive. Kit, your prowess with words is indefinable. Prowess. 
Noun, skill, or expertise in a particular activity or field. I sit corrected, I guess. Please continue. The rule changes largely refer to new card types and abilities, mostly from Infinity. We'll have that article in the show notes also. Our next story! A brand new secret lair drop has been announced for October! Freshly back from their beach episode filming, Diz is here to tell us all about it. When will we get to see this episode? Never! The Shark Typhoon lost away the footage, so now it's gone forever. Much like the secret layer sets in this super drop will be after its open window. The first two layers are themed around Magic's favorite celebrity player, Post Malone. The first layer is titled Backstage Pass and has four post-art versions of its cards. Karek, son of Yagmoth, Bolasa Citadel, Latrox Sigil, and Jet Medallion. The second set is a series of basic lands with its tattoos included in the artwork, and flavor text handwritten by Posty himself is printed on all five. It's very interesting that of all the celebrity appearances and promos we've seen from Magic over the last few years, Watsi chose to give this honor to Posty specifically. I mean, he seems to be the most public about his enjoyment of Magic, but I could be wrong. Wouldn't be the first time, but you're likely right this time. There are three more same-themed secret layers, this time all about Warhammer 40k. The first has five orc-related cards, some of which are universes beyond versions of existing characters. These cards are Merciless Executioner, Aggravated Assault, Krinko 10 Street Kingpin, Zergo Helm Smasher, and Sky Sovereign Console Flagship. The second 40k layer focuses on the Age of Sigmar with five specialty-themed red and white cards. Blind Obedience, Danitha Capuchin Paragon, Najila the Blade Blossom, Scourge of the Throne, and Loxodon Warhammer are all included with brand new Sigmar art. Sigmart, if you will. I will not. Nor will I. The third of the 40k layers is about Blood Bowl, a parody of American football. This layer has five alternate name reprints. Approach of the Second Sun, Rewind, Bone Splinters, Fling, and Defense of the Heart. The art and new names for the cards all show the sillier side of the Warhammer 40k universe, but the power of the cards in this layer is impossible to doubt. Next up is the Lift Looks Could Kill layer, focusing on the desire and ability to make art more expressive and unique. Jack Hughes brings us some very unconventional renditions of Azami Lady of Scrolls, Liliana of the Dark Realms, Reflector Mage, and Adaptive Automaton. Each of them has a work of art unto itself, with no two of the set done in the same style. You know, I can't prove it, but I would bet money that the Reflector Mage is an allusion to Prince. Which Prince? There are a lot of them floating around. The artist Prince? Famous musician Purple Rain? Didn't he merge with the mathematical plane after turning himself into a pound sign or something? Yes, Kit. That's definitely exactly what happened to Prince. See? I am very aware of pop culture. You can also see two of the most renowned artists in their fields on our next two layers. Firstly, the master of horror manga, Junji Ito, joined the Wizards art team to bring us versions of Carry On Theater, Doomsday, Playcrafter, and Thoughtseize. Right alongside him is video game artist Yoji Shinkawa, renowned for his work on the Metal Gear series. On a second appearance, he brings us incredible stylings of Phyresian Metamorph, Tezzeret the Seeker, Skullclamp, and Solemn Simulacrum. I think we can safely say this is the best art for Skullclamp that we've ever seen. How would we say it dangerously? I don't know, maybe if you belong to Silverquill? I am firmly above the fray. I belong only to the Nexus. Is the Nexus anything like the Mana Vortex? The Mana Vortex doesn't have us do this show for it. Well, true, but I don't belong to the Nexus. No, you're an administrator. 
Don't you dare give them that idea. Anyway, Diz, we have three more layers left to cover, right? Yes, indeed. The first of these three is titled The Space Beyond the Stars and has Jeremy Solomon bringing his talents to the secret layer fold. Emperors in the Moon, Stasis, Prismatic Omen, and Willow Sun and Moon all get new borderless prints from his talented hand. The weirdest pets in the multiverse get their own layer as well, thanks to Omar Rayon. Laboratory Maniac, Stitcher Supplier, Beast Whisperer, Vizier of the Menagerie, and Wood Elves get to show off the oddness of multiversal pets. Last but not least, we have the totally spaced out Galaxy Foil Secret Lair. Four incredibly popular lands all get presented in a treatment that's out of this world. Ash Baron's Command Beacon, Fable Passage, and Strip Mine get gorgeous reprints. These will be available until November 13th. Jank? Thank you, Diz. Next up, we'll go to a quick break, and when we come back, new information about formats, both old and recent, a breakdown of the upcoming World Championship, and more. This November 18th, two titanic titans of titanism, the two brothers, come together in a head-to-head clash of the head. Their armies. One, an arrogant son of a gun who just causes more problems than he solves. The other, the misunderstood younger brother who's also still sort of a jerk and eventually gets corrupted by the Praetor Gigs. These two will destroy Dominaria for the first time since the Elder Dragon War. November 18th, the Brothers War. All its glory, honor, destruction, and devastation. November 18th, be there or don't. Welcome back! One of Magic's greatest strengths is its player base's ability to adapt and innovate, as shown by some community projects like Shipping Shields and Infinite Tokens. A long-standing example of this innovation is the existence of the Canadian Highlander format, initially formed in Canada, but popular all over. For any listeners unfamiliar with the format, Canadian Highlander is a format built around 100-card singleton decks with no ban list. Instead, it has a point list with each card upon it assigned a specific point value. No deck can have more than 9 total points amongst the 100 cards in its build, but the list changes and all other cards that are not on that list are worth 0 points. Do you get extra points if you eat syrup poutine? Firstly, you want fewer points, not more points. Secondly, no. And thirdly, ew. We know from the Loading Ready Run Nature documentary on Canadians that they live on poutine and syrup. Kit, we've been over this before. It's a comedy sketch. They exaggerated for comedic effect. Yes, we keep discovering new ways that they lied to me. Oh, and you've never exaggerated for comedic purposes. Of course not. I am very serious and wise all of the time. You know, that concept might actually be scarier. Oh yes, I'm so frightening. The mana vortex is just terrifying in all of its absolute reality. We've never mentioned this format on the cast before, so our longtime listeners may be wondering why now. 
Wait, have we really never mentioned this? Not that I can recall, no. Huh. Seems odd when we've mentioned so many other formats. Anywhom, the reason we mentioned this particular format on this particular episode is that some changes recently occurred to the aforementioned points list. Mana Crypt was raised up to be worth 5 points, Spellseeker was raised to 3, Umazawa's Jite was bumped up to 2, and Underworld Breach is now up to a 3-point card. Some cards did go down in point value, though. Birthing Pod dropped to 1 point, Protean Hulk was fully removed from the list, and Yogmuth's Will is down to 1 point. Community-driven formats are also the topic of our next story. Last December, a new fan-made format presented itself, and unfortunately, it's taken this long for it to gain some true fame and momentum. Known as Heritage, this format will feature only cards from sets that have formerly been standard legal. So no Commander deck cards, no Horizon sets, only Expansion and Core sets. If listeners are curious about how to play the format, it can be played via MitGo as long as both participants have agreed that no illegal cards will be in the deck list. Or you can go to their Discord, which we will link in the show notes as well. For more info, including an FAQ, you can go to mtgheritage.com. Next up, we're only two weekends away from the 2022 World Championship. ISO, what can we expect? Well, kid, we can expect 32 of the best players in the world to battle it out over three days, starting October 28th. Day one will start with three rounds of Dominaria United Draft, followed by five rounds of Standard Constructed. Day 2 will be exclusively Explorer Constructed, with players who reach their 11th match win automatically qualifying for the top 4. Speaking of which, the top 4 will be a double elimination bracket where players will compete and Standard Constructed, and the final match will be the best of 3 matches. The winner of that final match will be crowned World Champion and win $100,000 all for themselves. Interested viewers can see the deck list each competitor will be using beginning October 28th. If you've got a bit of a competitive itch but didn't qualify for Worlds, an Arena Open will be held this weekend, October 22nd and 23rd, and another the weekend following the World Championship, which we'll be sure to give you the recap of next time. Kit? Thank you, ISO! We'll head to our second break, and when we get back, an interview with one of the creators of a major charity magic event. Shield Trans 
messaging service. All you have to do is ask around. An agent will be near you before you even know it. before, one thing the magic community loves almost as much as, if not more than playing magic, is helping people in need. We've had so many great examples this year, and this episode we have an interview with the founder of one that has recently taken the magic community by storm. And welcome to another News Talk. This edition, I have with me the founder and originator of the Commander's Sealed event, Dean. Dean, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. It is our absolute pleasure. Um, first question that we always ask our guests is, uh, who who are you exactly? How, how did you get involved in Magic? And what do you do with Magic? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh... You know, this is like that that Watsy survey that they send out after every set release. And it's like, <laughs> when did you start playing Magic? And I'm like, well, do you mean... What exactly do you mean? Um, <laughs> you know, I remember playing and not having any idea what I was doing uh, in high school. Doing, you know... <laughs> we had uh, Sensei's Divining Tops unsleeved in decks as a <laughs> four and everybody's like, this card, is, this card is terrible. It's so bad. And I'm like, I, I guess so. It seems all right. But uh, <laughs> that was that was when I started playing Magic. I did a little bit in college as well with, uh, you know, Eventide, Lorwyn, Future Sight. Um, but then I really got into Magic uh, around around um, Scars of Mirrodin was when I really got in. And okay. as far as what I what I do with Magic, um, I don't know. I, I I bring people together to play Magic. I, I've been having. Uh, a regular magic night in my city for God, almost a decade now. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then, and then what, what, what got me on the show here is uh commander sealed, which is uh, a large charity event, which is just a, a larger aspect of bringing people together to play magic. That's very true. And if there's one thing, the people who play magic love to do, it's support charities of all sorts. Honestly, I think this year alone, we've had no less than 10 guests uh, specifically for charity related events. Um, That's uh, awesome. So speak. It is. It's actually it's it's one of the favorite interview types I get to do. Um, speaking of of this specific event, how did your love of commander and your love of magic eventually evolve into you deciding you wanted to throw your own major charity event? Well, it did not start as a major charity event. Um, <laughs> not at all. Uh, I had been throwing these little, I don't know, oddball limited events uh, for my friends and I at, at a local church. Uh, they would let us use their sanctuary, so we would use it for the night and do whatever. We did like a conspiracy, a mixed conspiracy draft as as a star uh, event we did you know five pods of five that was pretty cool um we did a big chaos draft and <laughs> we were trying to figure out how we could draft commander this was before commander legends came out obviously right and uh we, i think we had talked <laughs> about it for probably uh maybe 
off and on for about two years. And we were really hung up on like, how could we draft this? You know, because you can't right. just draft 15 packs. I mean, you could, but you know, <laughs> you want to go home eventually. Um, maybe not with that attitude, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. I'm going to be here for a week and I'm going to draft these 17 packs. Um, yeah. So eventually we just decided that we would do a sealed event and let people mm-hmm. trade, which is sort of a middle ground between drafting yeah. and, and actually, you know, sealed, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and and it, this was, again, this was before, this was before Commander Legends. This was before Dominaria was announced. So there were no packs that had guaranteed Legends in them. So we had sort of this house pool built into the structure of the event where, of like all these Legends that you could pick from. I think we picked like, you know, the, the Elder Dragons that were printed in the first Commander decks, you know. Um, oh, God, who were they? I, I'm, I'm blanking on them. The 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 Abzan one that reanimates and, you know, those ones. Um, I can't remember either now that you've asked. Right. But you know, you know what I'm talking about. All the uh, course, the enemy, yeah. the enemy colored ones that were originally printed in Planar Chaos and then they were printed in the uh, Commander decks. Right. The um, the. What's the word I'm looking for? The wedge, the wedge ones. Yes, the wedge ones. Exactly. Um, so we had those, and I think we had like the Mimeoplasm and a few others like that. Damia, you know, we had we mm-hmm. had the stuff that didn't seem too overpowered. Uh, right. We didn't have any. We didn't have any gave in there because that was we were worried <laughs> that would be too crazy. Um, yeah. So uh, I got. I think I got thirty. I, 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 I the way that we had the pod structured, it was like. Pods of three, pods of four, pods of three, I think, mm-hmm. um, for three rounds. And so I think we had like 36 people, which was big. I was like, wow, this is the biggest event Good I've ever gosh. done. This is this is awesome. <laughs> uh, pa- <laughs> packing out these these six by, by four tables or whatever they were. Um, and then and then COVID hit. So we didn't have Commander Sealed that year. And then in 2020, 2021, no, 2020 was COVID. 2021. No, you had I it right. 20, 2019 was beginning again. COVID, I think, right? No, 2020 was beginning, beginning yes, COVID. Time Commander is an illusion. Sealed happened before COVID. Right. Yeah, time is absolutely an illusion. Um, so 2019 was in, in August. We did Commander Sealed, the first one. And then 2020 right. was no Commander Sealed. 2021 was Commander Sealed. And as I was putting it together, um, one of my one of the local game stores here... Um, just games. The the owner contacted me, Matt Verkant. He's a super awesome guy, um, and he's like, we had some people who were organizing charity events for the store, but they moved, or I think they moved, and so we don't have anything booked for this year. Would you want to partner with us and bring your event here? And I can sort of, I can order the product cheaper than you can get it. I can get it at cost, and you know there are a bunch of benefits yeah. to the event because you're not paying all this extra overhead. You can contribute more to to charity. Oh, I should actually mention that was a that was a new that was a new thing. In in the first year, it was just a thing I did with my friends. Twenty twenty one was the first year that I was like, "Well, let's do something with this. Let's let's attach it to the Trevor Project because, you know, who doesn't want to support marginalized youth, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, being a queer person myself, I was like, this is something that I could have used when I was a kid. Let's support it. Um, so, so at that point, um, Matt and I got hooked up, and um, 
I think I was already, I'd already sold a number of the tickets. I was just having people send me money in PayPal. And that's like, that's not a great idea. You know, people, <laughs> PayPal's not great. PayPal could just freeze your account and then you wouldn't be able to order your product. Um, <laughs> I forget how we ended up resolving that. <laughs> but, uh, but we did. And we ended up selling out in nine days. 64, 64 seats we sold out in nine days. Nice. And it was a big hit. We we raised $4,500 for Trevor that year. And then Matt and I started planning it again, I think, in, in April of, of this year. And um, we're like, all right, we're, we're going to go bigger than the next year, right? Or are we going to do are we going to do double? What are we going to do? And we I think we I had initially conceived of a structure where like there would be rolling blocks of 64 players so that we could have an exact number of players. Right. So if we sold 64 tickets, the next 64 tickets would open up and then the next 64 and the next 64. And Matt's like, well, that's just, let's, let's not do that. That's too complicated. What if we just put it all out there and then we'll just, you know, if we, if we have to deal with incomplete pods, we'll deal with incomplete pods. We ended up going with that. Matt found us a great venue this year. Um, the village gate, it was, uh, the air conditioning was a little old, but apart from that, (laughs) it was an awesome venue and it, 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 I feel like it just barely fit the 256 players that we ended up getting um, in the main event. And then we had another, I don't know, 50 besides that. I think we had 300 plus people up there. It was very hot and very stinky, but it was very awesome. <laughs> it was very, very awesome. Uh, and so that's sort I, of how the event grew. I don't want to from... s- say that, well, you know, it was a magic event, but. Well, you know, it was a magic event, so those two things are <laughs> no, listen, kind of it, it just wasn't ventilated. Happen. <laughs> but the thing, like, it's it, it, when you start growing exponentially, I feel like you know you're gonna encounter some close quarters problems. Well, I mean, everyone had great hygiene. Everyone got the note about showering. You know, we put a thing in there about <laughs> wear your deodorant, so that was all followed. It was just like you know, sitting in a very warm <laughs> second floor area for you know eight hours it's, it's gonna it's gonna create some it's gonna create some stink um that's exactly yeah the, the close quarters part is the is the real the real yeah. problem there close quarters with a with a really not ventilated space yeah yeah it was it was not as well ventilated as i had hoped it would be but <laughs> next year it will probably be at a different venue <laughs> The full interview can be found at mtgnexus.com. That's all for this edition. We'll see you next time. Same time, new news.